Welcome to the Facts or Feelings podcast, a garage sports media production. I'm your host, Ryan Bass. Today is December 8th, and we have an absolutely packed show. Breaking down week 13 of the NFL and the key games, along with the AFC and NFC playoff predictions that I have made uh, at the end of this week. So strap your seatbelts in because the Facts or Feelings podcast starts now. All right, let's dive right into the clusterfuck that others called week 13 of the NFL. Usually by this time, said teams are making significant grounding on other teams in terms of playoff seating. And now that I look back at week 13, I don't feel like there's any team gaining significant grounding uh, due to the others and it being an arms race for the most part. Before I talk about any of this week's games, I want to point out that my last take in the previous episode where I predicted the Vikings to beat the Bears was an absolute bust. I obviously got that pick wrong, so I just want to point that out. Thank you very much, uh, the Vikings and Joshua Dobbs. Um, but, you know, moving forward, hopefully I don't have as many of those painful takes uh, but we'll just kind of take it as it comes, right? Um, let's get right into Thursday night's game where it was Seattle at Dallas, 35-41. to 41. Let's start off with the winning side first, Dallas. It was a shootout between Dak and Geno, but the Cowboys were victorious with Micah Parsons' pressure on fourth down, causing Geno to throw the ball into the ground. Dak was sensational throwing 29-41, to 299 yards for three touchdowns, continuing a phenomenal year versus previous years where turnovers are usually a concern. This wide receiver core is a fantastic bunch, led by C.D. Lamb, who is also having a great year. Uh, this night, he was 12 receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. All in all, this Cowboys team is just feeling different than previous years. And maybe this is the year that I fall victim to their normal season magic, but I do think that they are poised to make a serious run in the playoffs. And if they beat the Eagles this week, the tune might even change to Super Bowl contender. We'll see. Seattle. Boy, you know, they've proven that they can score, but their defense is just going to have to hold up their end of the bargain in order to string some wins together. Geno is playing pretty damn well at this point. And other than his one interception, he had a great game. Looking at their schedule, I've played around with the playoff machine a lot. And to be honest, I have them missing the playoffs by week 18, but we'll see. Um, You know, it's between them and the Rams, but the list is fluid. And we'll get into that later in the episode. But their remaining schedule at 49ers versus Eagles at Titans versus Steelers at Cardinals. They need to win three out of five of those next games. And who they beat versus who they lose against is extremely important in order for them to make that final seed. All right. I watched this game very closely. Broncos at Texans, 17 to 22. Texans would take it. Hats off to the defense. The Texans were able to record three sacks and three interceptions on Russell Wilson, which was the difference maker for me. Both teams were getting banged up but the better team found a way to win, being the Texans. I absolutely love 
what Stroud and Ryan D'Amico have been able to accomplish in their first year together. It's 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 just it's just amazing to watch. C.J. Stroud had himself a decent game, sixteen to twenty-seven, two hundred seventy-four yards with a touchdown, a QBR of one hundred six point one. Even though he was sacked five times, you know, imagine if this team gets some offensive line help during the off season. That's their biggest issue from what I've seen over the past thirteen weeks. Stroud is running for his life almost every other play. He's trying to extend the plays, and he needs some help. Nathaniel Jasper Tank Dell Jr., or just Tank Dell, had himself a season-ending injury with a broken leg. I'm praying for the young man's recovery, uh, but my I suggest to maybe pack on a couple of pounds during the offseason. I found out that he comes in at 165 at 510, which is concerning in terms of his durability moving forward. I, I, I do think he needs to pack on a couple. But nonetheless, Nico Collins would have himself the best game of his career in place of Tank with 191 receiving yards and a fourth quarter touchdown. Moving forward, the Texans will obviously miss Tank, but it's the next man up mentality. And I think they have the grit to continue their run into the postseason. Their remaining schedule is at Jets, at Titans, versus Browns, at Colts. That's a pretty smooth schedule to line them up for a spot in the playoffs. On the Broncos side of things, Russell Wilson reminded everyone that he is not the problem nor the solution to this team's success. He has taken care of the ball very well this season. I'll give him that. But he had an absolutely piss poor performance this game. He threw for 15 to 26, one touchdown and three interceptions. Cortland Sutton would have his two receptions, one for 77 yards and a touchdown. But all in all, what I see from the Broncos is a team that figured out some things that work a little too late in the season. I do think that they will get better during the offseason, but their Achilles heel will likely be Wilson, whose contract is extremely difficult to move off of with his contract being set for five years at $245 million. 161 of that is fully guaranteed. I see them unequivocally stuck to Wilson at this point because no team is going to want to take on a contract that big off the Broncos' hands. And although we are talking about Walmart money now, I would still say it makes zero sense for them to cut Russell Wilson and eat that cost. So how will they improve moving forward? Defense most likely, and a middle-of-the-pack offense maybe slightly better than that, but what's the ceiling when you have that kind of roster? For me, I say playoffs. I just don't see the Broncos getting to a Super Bowl with Wilson at the helm. Their remaining schedule is at Chargers, at Lions, versus Patriots, versus Chargers, at Raiders. I have them finishing likely 9-8, and eight, which even if they did finish 10-7, and seven, it would be hard for them to get a spot without some help from other teams. This loss against the Texans, it was probably the most important game left on their schedule, in my opinion. All right, here's a big one that did not go like many thought it would. The 49ers at the Eagles, 42-19. to Oh, boy. The 49ers. When the 49ers are healthy. How many times have I said it? I probably sound like a broken record at this point, spinning round and round, but you know what? I want to be consistent here on the show, and I think that the 49ers are most likely to get to the Super Bowl and win it all. 
Brock had a show-out performance, 19 to 27, 314 yards for four touchdowns, which is fantastic. Christian McCaffrey had another show-out for 93 yards and a touchdown, as well as three receptions for 40 yards, along with uh, Debo Samuel, who had his way. Absolutely. Three carries, 22 yards for one rushing touchdown, along with four receptions for 116 yards and two touchdowns. This team just walked into Philadelphia and bitch-slapped the Eagles. This game was never close. And then, I did, like I said, I didn't see it coming. I predicted it to be a close game going to the Eagles, but the 49ers reminded everyone that they are the better team on the field and probably the best team in the, in the NFL at this point. I've heard early whispers after this win of Brock Purdy being tied with Dak Prescott at plus 300 to win the MVP. But I've got a problem with that. Um, I really do. Uh, who's been the star for the 49ers this year? I would say it'd be Christian McCaffrey. And they also have Debo Samuel, who's been amazing. Christian McCaffrey, I want to say at this point in time, is plus 2,000 to win MVP. But in my opinion, Brock is a serviceable quarterback in a genius system led by the wizard called Kyle Shanahan, paired with all the weapons and a juggernaut defense. They have the most complete team as it stands. But when it comes to MVP, I think it should go to Tyreek Hill, who's having a knock-on-the-door type of performance of history um, and where it stands. Like he, He's about to break history if, if he can get over 2,000 yards, and I think he'll do it. And if you know any QB wins this year in terms of MVP, I think they should look into changing the awards to most valuable quarterback and most valuable player. Uh, 49ers remaining schedule is versus Seahawks at Cardinals versus Ravens at Commanders. On the Eagles side of thing, uh, on the Eagles side of things, I've said it a few times. The Eagles don't look to be playing their best ball, and yet they find ways to win. Kind of feels like last year right now, which leaves the question: Who is this team when they're playing their best? Many would say they have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. But for me, it comes with deep regret to tell you all that I think they'll fall short of making it to the Super Bowl this year. Jalen Hurts is is trying to be a pocket passer, and he's just not that type of QB. I don't think he's ever been fully healthy this year. And this game, he went for 26 of 45, 298 yards, one touchdown along with seven carries for 20 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's at his best when he's rush dominant, but... As we've seen far too often, rushing dominant QBs across the league come at a risk. The biggest takeaway from this game for me was red zone issues. They're going to have to get those mistakes uh, handled moving forward if they want a chance to compete for a Super Bowl and stick to getting DeAndre Swift going early and rushing to spread the offense. Their remaining schedule is at Cowboys, at Seahawks versus Giants, versus Cardinals at Giants. Two very tough back-to-back games on the road will say it all. If they don't get it right, they'll be flirting with the fifth seed, so they definitely have to figure it out. All right, this game was really exciting for me. Chiefs at Packers, 19-27, to going to the winning team, the Green Bay Packers. The Jordan Love Show continues for me. It's It's been phenomenal to watch this guy. He was 325 I'm sorry, he was uh, 25 out of 36, 267 yards, uh, 
and three touchdowns with a QBR rating of 118.6. I feel like we're seeing seeing Jordan Love unhinged at this point in time. He's free to make choices based off what he sees. Matt LaFleur dialing up, you know, plays for him is just kind of a thing of the past. He obviously shows trust in his QB and it's working. Um, and the trust is clearly there in Green Bay. At this point, it looks like the chemistry at 6-6 six and six is working. And if anyone has a uh, chance for a wild card spot at this year um, in the NFC, around the 7th seed, I would say, it's, or, or the 6th seed, I would say it's the Green Bay Packers. Christian Watson and Jordan Love have an obvious connection and Watson also had a great game, seven receptions, 71 yards, two touchdowns. Their future, in my opinion, is looking really bright. And I would imagine Aaron over at the other show, Sports Force, is absolutely losing his shit right now because he was down on Jordan Love and the Packers earlier this season, but so was I. And right now, they're proving people wrong. They've had a fantastic run and a tough stretch against good teams coming out with a win streak. Their remaining games, get this, pretty easy. At Giants, first Buccaneers, at Panthers, first Vikings, first Bears. Go Packers. Let's see it happen. The Chiefs. I would say it's full-blown panic time for y'all, man. Mahomes was 21-33, to 33, 210 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Travis Kelsey... He was too busy looking for Taylor Swift in the suites, and the team just looks one-dimensional, in my opinion. Uh, take away Travis Kelsey by you know double-teaming, playing a little bit more zone, get a little bit of extra safety help, eliminate his success, just take him out of the game completely. And then you've got a bunch of dudes after that just trying to become the guy for, for Mahomes. But it's too deep in the year to find lightning in a bottle when it comes to this team. And this team will likely have to play some of the playoff games on the road, which they've never had to do, more or less win a game on the road. And everyone's retort is, well, we've got Mahomes and Andy Reid. But cool story. I mean, at this point in time, you don't have a complete team or the chemistry to go deep. And Kelsey is aging. Originally, I had this team going to the Super Bowl. But now I think I have them missing the Super Bowl entirely and watching it from the couch. Their remaining schedule is versus Bills, at Patriots, versus Raiders, versus Bengals, at Chargers. Monday night, this was a pretty interesting game for most. Uh, didn't see it going this way. Bengals at Jaguars, 34-31. to 31. The Bengals coming out on top. No Joe Burrow, no problem. It's crazy. They're 6-6, six and six, and I've tried writing off this team for so many weeks now, yet they refuse to pack it all in for Cancun. Jake Browning had a near-perfect game, 32 for th- uh, 37, 354 yards, one touchdown, along with two carries for 22 yards and a rushing touchdown. His QBR rating was 115.5. Jamar Chase absolutely balled out, 11 receptions, 149 yards, one touchdown, along with his long reception of 76 yards. This team's got into a shootout in enemy territory and came out victorious. And Joe Mixon also had himself a game for 19 carries for 68 yards and two touchdowns. Had the Bengals listened to America and sat Joe Burrow during the beginning of the season, I would say that this team is right in the mix of being one of the top seeds. Uh, You know, you just look 
back at what they have right now, um, albeit they just played sens- sensationally against the Jaguars. I-, I see this team missing the playoffs this year. The question moving forward is, is Joe Burrow more injury prone than he is elite? Or is he just a great quarterback that is injury prone? So how will they bounce back next year? I find it fascinating, but we'll see. Their remaining schedule is versus Colts, versus Vikings, at Steelers, at Chiefs, versus Browns. On the Jaguars side of things, the big headline is Trevor Lawrence, who would miss the final moments due to a high ankle sprain, is out for probably the next game or two if they're smart. Um, He threw for 22 of 29, 258 yards, two touchdowns along with a rushing touchdown. Travis Etienne continues to be a searching running back with 11 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown. And the Jaguars were in sole possession of climbing into the first seed alone in the AFC. And I had them as a team who would likely clinch that seed. Now with this injury looming, I don't see them doing that. And if they're smart, they're going to rest Trevor and get him ready for the playoff push on the road come playoff time. And we'll just see how far it gets him. Their remaining schedule is at Browns versus Ravens, at Buccaneers versus Panthers, at Titans. All right, guys. I am going to give you my picks real quick for this Sunday's matchup and Monday's matchup. Uh, We already had Thursday pass us with New England stunning Pittsburgh, which was crazy. Uh, I, I originally picked the Pittsburgh Steelers, so thankfully no one heard me make that pick on any episode prior before that game. But uh, let's just move into Sunday's uh, beginning games, starting off with Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Give me Atlanta. I think they're going to continue to uh, make a push with Desmond Ritter. Um, when it comes to Detroit at Chicago, you know what? Give me Chicago. I think Chicago is going to make it really close. I think that Justin Fields is playing for his job and their coach. And I think they're going to play some desperation ball and they're going to upset the Detroit Lions and take care of home home field. Next up, I've got Indianapolis at Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati just played a fantastic game, but I think Indianapolis is better at this point in time and they're on a nice winning streak. I think they're going to continue that. So give me the Colts. Uh, Next up, we've got Jacksonville at Cleveland. They're going to be playing with no one knows at this point in time in terms of who's going to be the quarterback. Is it Trevor Lawrence? Is it their backup? That has yet to be decided. But either way, I'm going to choose the Jaguars over the Browns. Moving to Carolina at New Orleans. That one's easy for me. Um, Jaguars... Uh, they fail to deliver on their interim coach game, which usually the interim coach wins majority of the time. And I think that the Saints are just slightly better uh, and they're going to take care of business at home. So yeah, give me the Saints. Next up, we got Houston at New York. Yeah, Houston's going to continue. CJ Stroud, I, I think he's going to have himself a good game. Uh, the Jets' defense is tough, but... I think the offense is just that much better in terms of the Texans. So yeah, give me give me the Texans over the Jets. Moving to the next game, which is the Rams at Baltimore. 
I love what the Rams are doing. I really do, but I'm going to have to choose Baltimore to take care of business at the crib. So give me the Ravens. Let's see. We've got Minnesota at Las Vegas. Both teams are coming off of a bye week, so both teams have been rested. Max Crosby is dealing with a pretty serious knee injury right now. He had to have it drained due to uh, fluids, and it's actually pretty serious. He had mentioned on his podcast that um, this could be a life-threatening injury if he doesn't take care of it. Um, he's going to have to have some surgery. He already mentioned that. Some cleanup is going to need to be done. Uh, he's not listed as out, in, to my knowledge, right now, but you know, I think if they're going to be smart, they're going to rest Max Crosby for the remainder of the year. I do have Vegas winning this game, uh, but that's about it when it comes to my, my Raiders. Uh, next up, we've got Seattle at San Francisco, and this is a tricky game because usually when a team has such an amazing win like the 49ers just had over the Eagles, you know they have that sneaky following game against a team that could just knock them off their pedestal. And I'm going to choose the 49ers, but I would not be surprised if the Seahawks got one out. But I'm going to stick to the 49ers. Uh, Next up, we've got the Bills at Kansas City. I did mention that it was panic time for the Chiefs, right? Yeah. Right now, it's also panic time for the Bills, though. They are playing must win football at six and six they have to win this game and for that reason i have the bills upsetting the chiefs in kansas city all right moving forward denver at the chargers i think denver is going to have a bounce back uh game it might be close but i think they're going to take this one over the chargers uh i think that will put them at seven and six if i'm not mistaken uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I might have got their their record wrong, but we'll see. I think they're six and six, seven and six. I don't know. But uh, yeah, give me the Broncos over the Chargers, uh, leaving us with Monday night's ga- or sorry Sunday night's game, uh, Philadelphia Eagles at Dallas. You know what? I'm going to pick the Cowboys. They're playing better ball at this point in time. And Dak Prescott is playing better than Jalen Hurts. So give me the Cowboys outright over the Eagles. Moving into Monday's matchup, we actually have two games on Monday. We have the first one being Tennessee at Miami. This is a no-brainer for me. I'm going to go with the Dolphins over the Titans. And this leaves us with uh, the next game. Actually, they, they start at the same time. They both start at 6.15 Mountain Time. Uh, the next one is Green Bay at the uh, New York Giants. Give me Green Bay to continue to roll. Um, if they're not careful, it could be a trap game, but I really do think Green Bay will take care of business. So that concludes my picks for this week. And I also want to give you guys a playoff scenario as it stands. Um, with all of the picks that I just laid out for you guys, if the playoffs started today, your first seed in the AFC would go to Miami. Your second seed would be the Baltimore Ravens. Your third seed would be Jacksonville Jaguars. Your fourth seed would be Kansas City Chiefs. Your fifth seed would be the Colts. 
Your sixth seed would be the Texans. Your seventh seed would be Pittsburgh. And on the NFC side, your first seed would be San Francisco 49ers. I've got Dallas Cowboys at number two. Detroit Lions at number three. The Atlanta Hawks at number four. Philadelphia Eagles at this point in time would be number five. Green Bay would have the sixth seed. And Minnesota would have the seventh seed. But the list is fluid. Next week, based off of the picks, it could totally shake things up. So we'll see how it continues. Like I said, the list is fluid. It could change. Just stay tuned, and you'll see it change as the weeks progress. But you've made it to the end of the show yet again. I'm sorry the show came a little bit later in the week. I had some crazy work stuff to get to, but I'm just happy that I was able to get the show off in time before Sunday's game. I will be releasing another episode uh, likely on Sunday for the NBA and my reactions to the in-season tournament, what it means, but more importantly, which teams are most promising and which teams look like they're blowing smoke up everyone's asses. So please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you may be listening from. Leave a like and a comment. It helps out the channel grow substantially. Follow me on all social media at I am underscore Ryan Bass. And my final answer is, was it fact or was it feeling? Until next time, take care, everyone.